Fangraphs Audio once again. I am Fangraphs contributor Carson Sestouli. I've got a question for you to start this episode of Fangraphs Audio. How much Fangraphs Audio is too much Fangraphs Audio? Well, that's what we're hoping to answer. This is our third episode this week, with a promise of a fourth tomorrow, an interview with Charlie Wilmoth of Bucks Dugout, the SB Nation blog for Pittsburgh Pirates. But before we get to that, Today we have another triangle table discussion with you. You'll recognize Matt Clausen from some previous episodes of Fangraphs Audio. You'll also know him as Devil Fingers. And we also introduced Jack Moore, comes to us from the great Middle West of this country. Today on Fangraphs Audio, we discuss a couple pressing questions. First of all, we look back to the trade of Edwin Jackson to the Arizona Diamondbacks. We look at Arizona's decision to buy out his arbitration years. We also consider Johan Santana's recent comments to the media. When asked who the best pitcher was in the National League East, Johan Santana answered promptly, Johan Santana. We get both Matt Clausen and Jack Moore's opinion on who the better pitcher is, Johan Santana or Roy Halladay, and what that debate might look like over the course of the season. Stay tuned for more Fangraphs audio right after this. Welcome once again to Fangraphs audio. I'm here with another roundtable edition of Fangraphs audio. It's actually a triangle table once again because there are only three of us. One of the three is me. That's Carson Stooley. Uh, another, we have here a contributor, former contributor, Driveline Mechanics. Oh, he's been everywhere. His name is Devil Fingers. He contributes to Fangraphs. He's excellent. His name is Matt Clausen. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks, Carson. Good. It's nice to hear from you again. We also have a new addition here, uh, a gentleman in the uh, in the great Midwest, the middle west of this country. He's contributed to Beyond the Box Score. He currently contributes to Fangraphs. His name is Jack Moore. How are you doing? As good as could be. Uh, we got you guys here assembled today. You've been writing some great articles for Fangraphs this week, and... Uh, now it's my duty to understand them. Where should we start? Clausen, let's start in the uh, southwest of this country with the, Di- the Diamondbacks. You've been doing some work on them recently. You wrote a post earlier this week, I believe, uh, with regard to Edwin Jackson's uh, contract. I guess uh, the, the D-backs, correct me if – well, I'll, I'll hand it over to you in a second, but I think they bought out a couple of his arbitration years exactly. Can you maybe uh, lay out that situation and kind of give us your, your take on it? Yeah, they, it was Jackson's last two years of arbitration. Uh, they bought him out for a little over $13 million. And uh, my post was uh, from Wednesday uh, of this week when we're recording this, or last week when you're hearing this. Uh, I think it was basically a, a fair signing for both sides. Uh, I said it was maybe a little bit of a win for Jackson. Uh, they paid for a guy who's between two and a half and three wins. I think he's, uh, oh, according to Chone, and then I did some other stuff, I think he's probably more like between two and two and a half, but, you know, I think the Diamondbacks are smarter than me. That was assuming he'd only pitch about 178 innings, whereas, you know, he pitched a little over 200 last year, so, uh, in 2009. Well, durability, so, durability hasn't really been his, his problem, right? Right, right. So, so it's, it's hard to estimate how much pitchers are going to, uh, how much they're going to pitch. Uh, playing time is always hard to estimate, especially for pitchers, depends on, uh, but I don't think he hasn't ever had serious health problems. And you look, the Diamondbacks, uh, you know, whatever you think of their trade of Max Scherzer, there's obviously a concern for them. They, obviously, they were willing to give up Scherzer, who 
I mean, I think he's a number two pitcher at least. I, you know, he, I'm not a super duper scout, but I mean, he could be a, another budding awesome ace in Arizona or now in Detroit. They obviously had concerns about that, so they at least certainly think they have good reason to uh, worry about Scherzer's health. And they probably, and my guess is they probably feel the same way about Jackson. I mean, it's pretty obvious Jackson's not a dominating pitcher. I mean, he was an awesome prospect. Uh, or at least he had a great reputation when he was with the Dodgers. Uh, and and they traded him to the Rays, who got decent years at him. His uh, fielding independent stats never quite matched up to his ERA. And so then, but he had a good year in Detroit. I mean, even even using FIP, uh, he had a really good year. I think we have three and a half wins. Uh, he was never that good uh, that his two previous years. But basically, I think it's fair for both sides. I mean, I, I, I think some people got said, hey, why do you say this is a, I, I mean, I said a slide edge to Jackson, maybe. But that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, let me, let me get Jack in here. Jack, you know, Edwin Jackson was excellent at the beginning of last year, and a lot of people thought he was fulfilling potential that he'd shown, you know, for some time, for years, in terms of stuff, but it hadn't necessarily come together. And then in the second half, he was kind of, if I'm, you know, if I'm correct, he was kind of the Edwin Jackson that, you know, had pitched for the, the Rays the year before. Is, is is Edwin Jackson this year going to be somewhere in between, or is he going to be second half Edwin Jackson? I, th- I think he'll end up closer to second half Jackson. Uh, I'm not terribly high on him. Uh, when you look at the trends, this is what everybody likes. ERA trending down the last three years. Walks trending down. Ks per walk trending trending up. It's what you want, but I mean, the question is, is he actually getting better, or are we just seeing brand variation? And I'm not convinced that he's getting better, because we haven't ever seen him put up really good strikeout numbers. He hit seven with the Rays, but that's when he was walking five guys per nine innings, which is not great. He allows quite a bit of home runs, because he's uh, a little bit of a fly ball pitcher. I don't really think he'll ever be that guy that can post a FIP below four. I really, I really don't see him becoming anything more than like a number two. He can't be a number two, I don't think. Jack, why do he's probably a number three? How does a guy whose stuff is so well reputed, why does he strike out so few guys? I mean, when people say that he has stuff, are they talking about velocity purely, or are they talking about uh, his breaking stuff too? I mean, he doesn't seem to get many swings and misses. So, so why does he consider to have great stuff? That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> That's my job. I'm the host. Though, I ask good questions. Right. Even though. He throws his fastball very hard, like 94 is uh, where his average has been sitting for his whole career. Our pitch type values don't really like it. He, yeah. he either either just gets hit hard, or he doesn't locate it. I don't I don't know if I can a- answer which of those it is, but they like his slider is great. Slider has been amazing in the last two years. Maybe he needs to throw his slider more often, which he did do last year and may have contributed to his success, but. Can I jump in here? Yeah, go close. You like that read or what? No, I agree. I agree with that. It's actually, I talk about this a little bit in my post. Uh, it's weird. His fastball uh, it looks pretty bad. This is exactly what I looked at. That I was like, how did this guy? Uh, I mean, even I mean, he just his fastball just gets rocked. But his slider, it's like exactly what Jack was saying. It, it, according to the pitch type values, is awesome. Yeah, and he and he threw it a lot more last season. So why doesn't he throw yeah, it not, even more this season? I. They'll, they'll look for it. And one thing that's interesting, but can I can I add one more thing? Is that his O swing percentage? His percent, he was getting guys to chase bad pitches uh, mo- uh, a lot more last season. He was up to about twenty seven percent from about twenty two percent. He he'd always been around twenty one twenty two percent with that. And I don't know uh, from what I'm looking at uh, if that's 
just the slider if he's throwing it out of the zone or whatever. And you know, I'm not a pitch FX expert. It'd be interesting to see if he changed what counts he threw the slider in, or uh, I think there was some sort of change in its movement. But I'm not going to uh, venture on any even thinner eyes than I'm already on. No, but I, I would say Jack, what, what, the, the contract's good, but they're they're paying him like he's going to be a number three pitcher. I think that's really what he is. You know, a, a really good number three, marginal number two. You know, slightly above average guy. I think he, you know, but 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 he does give up a fair bit of fly balls, and uh, well, that's about even, I guess. But but his his home run fly ball rate's been a little bit below league average, and I think the one thing to look out for is for that to go up in a, in a hitter's park like Arizona. Um, no, I, I think the issue. Go ahead, go ahead, Jack. I think the issue isn't so much that they're paying him what they are; it's that they traded the guy like Max Scherzer to get him. Yeah, which just I mean, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and basically to, for them to come out, I mean, it's kind of a depressing way to think about it. To come out, to look smart, basically Scherzer's going to have to blow his shoulder out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they kind of have to hope. I mean, they don't have to. I mean, maybe Or become Scherzer, a reliever. Yeah, that Scherzer can't. Scherzer, I mean, and, and like I said, they, yeah, they're betting that Scherzer can't hack it as a starter when he's been pretty awesome as a starter so far. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong about that. But. So this is different but, than, than like the Brandon League uh, Brandon Moreau trade, right? Because Moreau is is on the he's on the borderline of you know starterdom, right? But Skurzer proved last year that uh, that he's there, right? I mean, isn't that right, Clausen? Well, I you know I, I don't like to hear what Jack thinks. I mean, all I I, I remember before the season last season when I was used to uh, writing somewhere else, I went through each rotation in the league and took all the different projection systems, and Scherzer looked yeah like another ace. I mean, our borderline. Yeah, he pitched. He pitched great, but it's like I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, in 170 innings, he put up three wins. But but I think I mean, it's pretty clear they're making a bet that he can't hack it as a starter. You know, Jack, if you were to speculate wildly on uh, Skurzer's, uh future health, I mean, are, do you view him? I as... just don't know where they're getting it from. With the the idea that he couldn't start. Has he had I problems? Mean, I mean, maybe we'll see some sort of Verducci effect or something because he did throw 114 more innings this year than last year. But he's a guy that has the stuff to be a number one, and absolutely, maybe at worst a number two if he stays healthy. And so this is a guy that, if I were a GM, this is a guy that I would be trying to get if I knew that a team like Arizona were trying to get rid of him. I just, I just don't get it. Well, I guess that's what Dave Dombrowski was thinking. Um, there was another thing that we had kind of been uh, throwing around this week, uh, you know, just emailing each other, um, and it's a little bit for me. It's, it, it it asks different questions of us as fans and as uh, informed fans. It was a little tête-à-tête that uh, well, I don't necessarily say it was going on between Johan Santana and Roy Halladay, but my understanding of it is, uh, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, someone asked uh, Johan Santana, "Who's the best pitcher in the a- in the NL East?" And uh, Johan Santana t- said, "Santana." Um, hey, let's start with Jack Moore here. Jack, is Johan Santana the best pitcher in the NL East now? I'm pretty sure that's Roy Halladay. But if I'm a Mets fan, I love hearing Johan say that because you he has to have the confidence that he can be the pitcher that he was from all four or six with the Twins where he put up 230 innings, struck everybody out, didn't allow home runs, you know, did everything. You want him thinking he can still be that guy, because if you're going to compete, he has to be that guy. 
Well, what's happened but I to still him? think Roy Halladay is better. Yeah, but well, so what's happened to Yoan Santana? You know, since he's been with the Mets. I mean, what's what uh, on a maybe more on like a peripheral or granular basis? What's going on with his stuff that that um, is you know has sort of put him in that second tier of excellent pitchers? He just hasn't struck as many guys out. I don't know if that's a stuff thing. I mean, his fastball has gone down a little bit, uh, about half a mile an hour since '07, but about two and a half since '06, which that's that's kind of scary, but it must be a stuff thing because he still it doesn't seem to be controlled. His walk rates are similar; they're a touch higher. It's not very significant. He still he still strikes out three times as many guys as he walks, which is excellent. And he's still he's not allowing a whole lot of home runs, so it's just he's got to strike more guys out if he wants to be the Ohanable. Clausen. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you're siding with Halliday too. You want to tell me about it? Yeah, well, yeah. I, the, the interesting histor- thing historically about this uh, is that uh, Halliday's, co- I think, clearly better now. Um, is that is that when they're both in AL, when, when Johan was with the Twins, uh, and Roy, Roy obviously was with the, with the Blue Jays, uh, it was like, God, man, if Halliday would be winning this, you know, I, I live near Toronto. There's uh, you know, you sense, man, if, man, if only Santana wasn't in the AL, Roy would be winning the Cy Young every other year, you know? But Santana was awesome. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, again, that, you know, really, that's really detailed analysis, but, but it's, but it's weird. I mean, this is, this is almost a weird, strange enough. If you look what happened when he went to the Mets to make you briefly rethink the AL NL disparity, um, you know, and I'm sure Mets, but, but one interesting thing, I mean, Jack didn't, didn't talk about this because uh, I mean because he was talking about all the other stuff that was important is that since he's come to the Mets his slider isn't effective uh, is I mean it used to be I mean it wasn't his his best I don't know if I think his uh, I can't remember I remember him being really well known for his his uh, changeup being well and his fastball of course uh, but his slider the last since he's come to the Mets last two years has been below below average in terms of pitch type values so maybe maybe there's something with that and and. Uh, his contact rates, interestingly enough, have gone have, have taken his, his overall contact rate has gone up a little bit since he's been with the Mets. I don't know. Uh, well, this is weird because also I, I think Halliday is about two years older. Uh, I mean, is there another thing that would you know sort of uh, explain Santana's decline while Halliday stays on a similar, if not even better, level? Well, here can I can I venture something that's just I just throwing throwing out speculate wildly. That's that's Sa- Santana's that. probably. Santana's probably just aging normally. I mean, look, all these guys, you know, we, all, you know, not everybody, everyone's gonna age differently. That's sort of a platitude, but you know, Santana, this, you'd expect a guy who's a little bit older, maybe had a little bit of injury problems. You'd, ex, you know, expect him to get a little older, and for his, his strikeouts to go down, he'd lose a little bit. And I think Halliday might be a little bit of an aging freak because what, what I was looking at the other day was, did you, say he's a, did you just say he's an Asian freak? Yes, I did. Oh, man, nothing <laughs> breaking best, news here. I think about the best ethnic slurs here at Fancraft's <laughs> Audio Podcast. So he's, an, he's a freak when it comes to aging because his, his strikeout rates, I remember this very specifically that he talked a few years ago because he'd had some, well, Halliday always had these freak injuries. He wouldn't get, have like Tommy John surgery or shoulder problems. He would, he would have appendicitis. Those are Roy Halliday injuries. Or he'd take a, what year was it when he was, he was just having a great year and then he like took a liner off his leg and broke his leg or something. I mean, just... Who, who does that happen to? But he's just going to pitch to contact. And so when, when Johan, in 2006-2007, when they, the last year they were both in the American League, um, Johan was having these great years, and Roy was like way below average in terms of his K rate. 
Now his control, he was he wasn't walking many guys either. Uh, and he, he really focused on. I think part of it he wanted to stay in games longer. Uh, if I remember, that was the rhetoric anyway. So was, he was striking out like around five and a half guys an inning. And then in 2008, you look at it, he jumps back up to, like, higher than it, his K rates, higher, the last two years, was higher than it's been since 2001. And, and it wasn't just a freak thing in 2008, and it, it kept happening. Uh, and and uh, so he's he's figured something out, and he's just been... Uh, well, that's also something that, that Santana doesn't really have, because, because his fly ball rates uh, are typically lower. He doesn't have a sort of, at least, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, a pitch-to-contact mode. Whereas, and actually, um, earlier in the week uh, on the podcast here, I was discussing with uh, Dave Allen and Dave Cameron the article that Dave Allen wrote for Hot Stove U, which is looking at this start, this 133-pitch start that Roy Halladay had, you know, last year sometime, in which, you know, like, the beginning, the first five, six innings of the start, it's all cutters and all sinkers. And then, once he starts getting to a couple jams, higher leverage innings, he starts then churning to his breaking pitches and getting more swings and misses. But correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you know, Jack, I don't think Johan Santana really has that pitch-to-contact stuff, right? I mean, he's either you said he has to strike guys out or not. Right. Uh, when you look at when you look at batted ball profiles, take a look at Santana. He is a heavy fly ball pitcher. Who gets by because he gets a lot of infield fly balls, so it's not as bad as it usually is to, have to be a fly ball pitcher. But he still gives up far more fly balls than he does ground balls, whereas Halliday gives up about twice as many ground balls as fly balls. So we talked about how Santana's giving up more contact. Santana's contact level is still below Halliday's every year that we have the plate discipline numbers. But the thing is, with when Santana's giving up as many balls in play as Roy is, he's giving up way more home runs. I like that you call him Roy. That makes me feel good. Well, yeah, I think that but see, that might be more a part of the difference, though. Halliday has a better nickname. I mean, Doc is a great nickname. That's true. You know what? I think uh, that's that's about joy, the, and I think that we've just about filled the joy quotient for this particular installment of Fangraphs Audio. I think I have to shut it down. That's the only. It's the oh. only. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, but uh, I don't want the, everyone's out there. I don't want their hearts to start exploding with too much joy. So, uh, for Matt Clausen, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. All right. For Jack Moore, thank you, sir, for uh, joining us in the, your uh, your maiden trip around the podcast world. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. I am Carson Stooley. This has been Fangraphs Audio. Thank you for listening. That has indeed been another episode of Fangraphs Audio. Thank you to Matt Clausen and Jack Moore for joining me today. We do, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we do have another episode of Fangraphs Audio coming at you tomorrow, Thursday. It's an interview with Charlie Wilmoth, who's the editor of Buck's Dugout, the SB Nation blog for Pittsburgh Pirates. Furthermore, I would be remiss not to remind you about the Fangraphs Second Opinion. Again, that's our first foray into the publishing ring. 582 pages of white-hot baseballing analysis, all available for $7.95. I've heard rumors that the second opinion might even be due available at the website tonight, Wednesday. Once again, thank you for joining us. Do remember to subscribe via iTunes or 
whatever sort of feeder you prefer. This has been a Fangraphs audio presentation. Thank you.